This is the official Pompey podcast. In this episode, we speak to two former midfield generals. Martin Cool played 184 games for Pompey in the late 80s and early 90s, but we start with League 2 promotion winning captain Michael Doyle. Michael, you played for some big clubs. Tell us about how you feel your time at Portsmouth. Oh, it's top of the tree for me, to be honest with you. you know, it's just special, special club. I uh, loved it here. Probably just the only thing for me was I probably played at the wrong stage of my career. I was at the end of my career. I was, uh, you know, I was nearly retired. But as I say, it was uh, coming back here tonight is special. I always thought when we did stuff at the training ground, there was a determination about you that before you left, you, you, you would succeed and, and yeah. the team would go up. Yeah, that was that was it. Like, that was what we were. We were a good team. It was probably one of the best, you know, group together togetherness and management the way we were we were you know Paul led us and you know he led the club and I sort of led the team and we went hand in hand and uh, it was amazing like when I you know I ain't thought about it too much but then I you know finishing my sort of career playing was uh, yeah brilliant. How disappointing was the first season because you had all the hallmarks of a team that was going to go up and you just didn't yeah. make it? We were we we were kind of we we were sort of, we had a way of playing that like I think the players loved but we were brilliant at it all week and when it probably came to Saturday we couldn't execute it you know in the final tour and things like that and it was just learning the system and we seemed to get things going we had a lot of draws that year we had a lot of draws but I think when we ended up in the playoffs it killed us we had a unbelievable night one of the best games I played in atmosphere wise was when we played Plymouth here and. Mm. Playoff semi-final, we drew 2-2 two -two and we were quite confident but we ended up that night decimated with injuries. I think yeah. we lost Danny Holland, Ben Davis was carrying something and then all around that people were falling away. McNulty's hamstring, it was just, we ended up crawling, we were down in Plymouth and we crawled, conceded, it was a right kick, kick in the stomach for us and we were devastated that day, you know, it was, uh, it was tough because we'd all come to, you know, get this club promoted and we'd had unbelievable support so, the next year, I said, it didn't get much better. We we, we <laughs> kind of hit and miss, and but we were a good team, you know, and we believed in ourselves. And you know what? At the at our lowest ebb, when sort of people kind of start doubting you, we stuck together and we came out fighting, and we went on an unbelievable run at the end. And all that we've been working on for two years, a year and a half, as a staff and players, and just the team spirit came through. And you know, as I say, the, the fans had been with us from day dot, and them two years, or just. I remember probably two games where they, they weren't happy barring it away, rightly so, mm. and crew were home. And a year before against Barnet, that was tough when they but you had to stand up as players and kinda, you know, not confront your fans but let them know, you know, it means something to you. And I think the next year when it happened again against Crew it was it was tough but we were ready, we knew what we needed to do and we went down to Crawley that night and we never looked back. You know the admiration I had for you because I remember we grabbed you on the pitch at Barnet after we lost 1-0 and you looked at me like daggers as if to say, no, not me. But you always came up and did the interviews even in the greatest of disappointments. I think that's your, that's your job as a captain. You know, you're leading people and you've got to lead from the front and it's not just on the field. That's, what, that's the way I always felt as a captain and going into sort of the management side of it is... That's your job, you know, you lead the club 
and you leave the dressing room and uh, I think throughout my career, wherever I was as captain, and you get beaten, you're probably the first one people look at and you got front up and you're going to be questioned and you know, I was, I'd experienced that at Coventry when I was a captain before, mm. I was a young captain at Coventry, Sheffield United was a, it was a club right up there with, with, with Portsmouth, it was a, you know, it was a massive club, massive fan base and at times when you, you know, when it wasn't going well it was tough but you had to, rightly so, you, you kind of led the dressing room and lads looked to you, you, you went it out and you fronted up so that was my job. We can look at the second season with rose-tinted glasses and say everything was great because we know what happened. But as you alluded to, it wasn't all highs, was it? Oh, Jeannie, I think the, I think the second year was, it was tougher than the first year, and that's funny because we we won a league, mm. but I think we lost a lot more games the second year, but we won a lot more because, as I said, to you, the first year we drew a lot, and we just went, we hit form at the right time, and I always felt. I'm sure the manager at the time as well, Paul, I'll tell you, but in football, no matter what team you are, you'll always go through a phase where you go on a run. I always felt in that second season we hadn't hit our run yet and you know, we timed it at the right time, as I say, and we weren't even thinking of winning the league, you know, we were just one of them top three spots and we got it and then we just got the momentum at the right time and we won the league and as I say, you get driving in here tonight, it's, it's, it's emotional because it, it all mm. comes back to you. You had a well-publicised bust-up with Christian Burgess, yeah. which perhaps shouldn't have been well-publicised because it was in the dressing room. Yeah. But how did that change things? I don't know what Christian will say, but for me personally, it was probably one of the biggest mistakes in my career. Um, shouldn't have happened, but emotions spill over in a second in the dressing room, you know. I mean, in that two years, I bloody argued with everybody and anybody, <laughs> you know. That was, the, that was my character. I was a bit ferocious in a sense of the way I was, I was very heated at the moment, but that, you know, I always regret that and it shouldn't have happened, but I think as a team, we kind of came together from that moment, we we went to Grimsby next game, I think it was Grimsby two mm. weeks later, we won 2-0, Cal Naismith free kick, mm. a 1-0 top pin, yeah. we lost the game against Stevenage when me and Christian came off, so I mean, we were 0-0, it was a game we should have won comfortable and uh, felt very responsible for that and I let down a lot of people, you know, so it was a case of you know, going from being a captain, it was like it's the individual then, it was like bloody hell, that was in, you know, I, I owe an awful lot to Christian what happened that time because he, he, you know, he stuck right by me and he didn't have to do that. Did you ever fear for your Pompey career at that time? Um, not really, I, I didn't at the time, but as the time went on, because we had a couple of days off, I did, if I'm honest with you, and uh, yeah, I mean, there was conversations, and I say, Christian was in on them conversations and uh, I can't ho hold them in high, high, high enough regard because I was, you know, we were both there, and you know, obviously it was my mistake, and uh, it was my mistake what happened, and he, you know, he was saying no, you know, because I, I, I got sort of, I got fined for what happened, and rightly so, and Christian said, well, if Doyle gets fined, I get fined, you know, so I just thought, bloody hell, the mark, the man, you know. The turning point, perhaps, although we couldn't see it at the time, was a 1-0 home defeat to Crewe. Rumours of a players' meeting after that, did, did that actually happen or was that fabled? No, of course it did. Like, you know, as players, we, <coughs> we're a very open group. Um, and we'd always kind of talk about things, how we wanted to, felt we could get better and improve. But obviously at that stage, it was... Yeah, you, you know, of course we talked as a group. We always did. We were great leaders, you know. I wasn't... 
I was the captain, but with people like Fordy, Gary Roberts, great teammates, brilliant teammates. Like they weren't just good players; they were unbelievable leaders. Mm. And it made my job having these people, you know. And uh, Kyle Bennett, and the Stevens, like Gautrud Mall, Carl Naisman, everybody stepped up, and we'd all come here for sort of, you know, that reason when we were all de determined lads. We might have showed it in different ways. As I say, I was the type of character I was, and you had people like Carl Naisman and Ben Over, like you know, easy going, but they wanted to win as much as I did. So we all had something in common. We were winners, you know, and that was led by the manager. He, he was the biggest winner of us all. Mm -hmm. And it was, uh, as I say, we, you know, of course we, we had a, we had meetings and things. I always remember that. The, the funny thing about it was, it was the day before the games, the Monday, and we did the press and, and Cookie was like, nah, don't do the, you're not doing the press, get off. And mm -hmm. we didn't have an argument. I said, no, I'll do the press. And we, the, you yeah. know, it was, yeah, that was always something that stuck with me, you know, because <laughs> I was thinking we can't like shy away, you know. It's like we have to sort of, you know. And he he was trying to protect his players because he was mm. a great manager, and that's what he tried to do. Typical him. I'll take it on the chest, and I'll uh, I'll do the press. You just worry about yourselves. But I felt that I owed it to him, you know, not just the football clubs to say because it's been stuff that had happened previous with Christian and things like that. That it was like, no, you know, you're not on your own here. We're we're in this together, you know. So. It was, uh, yeah, it's, as I say, it all comes back to you when you when you come back and not being down the club for a long time, so, yeah. And three days later, Crawley is the turning point. Yeah, yeah, just, as I say, that's that's why, you know, in moments you're brought to the club because of moments and that was a moment and it was like, you just go out and, you know, I just always remember forced tackle, forced pass, we were forced to everything and I just thought, we're on this tonight, you know. Well, you could just feel it, and then I think Benno. I think Benno scores a great goal, mm -hmm. cuts in, bang. Uh, the away fans, yeah. bloody going mad because, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. you know, rightly so. I think at that stage with the fans, the the, the knives were kind of they were out. They'd, they'd had enough of us, as I say. We'd we'd done all our talking for a year and a half, and uh, yeah, the, the, you know, as I say, that moment, everything changed. We went in an unbelievable run. It's ironic that you're now at Notts County, and there was probably your best. Happiest, pompy yeah. moment. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yes, bloody hell. That was some day, some day, as I say, and uh, we were waiting for that moment, and I say to, it was a shame it wasn't here, but to have 4,000 Pompey fans down at Notts County that day, it was an unbelievable day, and uh, I actually, funny enough, got my promotion jersey framed there um, about a month ago, and uh, okay. it was all pictures, that, you know, got the frame, the medal, and the jersey, and, Got some pictures in there with the lads and, you know, it was a big one uh, standing at Notts County with all the fans there and it was like, you just think I go to work there every day now, you know, so it's, uh, don't get me wrong, there's been times I've gone out into the pitch in a quiet afternoon and sort of sat there in the dugout and looked and, you know, again, the, the next year at Coventry, Notts County fans won't th mm. thank me for this, but we, we won the playoff semi-final there, so some special memories with, with Notts County playing against them. But you did later that night end up back here and you were well oiled <laughs> oh, just a bit you know but I think that was two years of hard work and I always remember that because I, I say I remember I don't remember much about it to be honest <laughs> with you but I always thought bloody hell you know we got promoted won the league so I always remember the day we, we got promoted and I remember the day we won the league against Cheltenham where I, I drank probably as much as anybody but <laughs> I didn't get drunk because I just thought I want to take all this in because it might never happen again and uh 
I just remember enjoying the night and sitting, sitting up till all hours in the morning with the lads. I think me and Fordy went back to the hotel after we'd been out with all the lads and just sat there. It was just uh, a lovely, a great night. And then the next day, as I say, we had the parade. It was uh, it was brilliant. That's that's what football's all about. Just achieving something as a group and then you know sharing it with the fans. It's it's brilliant. Now you've been promoted, so you could have been forgiven for then for sort of you know being on holiday, but. You didn't. Did you actually want to win the championship after that? Well, if I'm totally honest with you, I don't think we... We were just delighted to get promoted. And then, to be fair to the manager, he was like, we're going to win this league. And I think there was a chance that once we were promoted, a lot of the lads that had been on the fringes were going to play. And I think the gaffer sort of said that to him. And then I think we were going to Mansfield, who could have got into the playoffs. And I think we wanted to kind of, let's go down there and do a job on them. I think we, we, we were, I don't think there's any love lost between Cookie and Steve Evans, so we went kind of full tilt and we won and then results went away. And to be fair, you know, I'm probably doing the manager a disservice then because I remember that week going into the office, like, we're going to win this league. I'm telling you now, we're, these teams, we're, we're, we win our games, we win this league. So his mind had obviously focused straight away to that then and uh, yeah, it happened. It was, it, was, uh, it was a bonus to be honest with you. So, if we say to you, Notts County, Cheltenham, what is the best day for you? Oof, I don't know, it's hard to pick, if I'm honest with you. I don't know, what's the best day for you? Um, well, I, I, I would say Notts County. Yeah. But then again, you look at Cheltenham and you say, well, you know, it, that was almost totally unexpected. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's football, isn't it? And any fan is away days, isn't it? And yeah. it's. Uh, as I said, we were lucky that day. We had four and, four and a half thousand fans that day. It was it was unbelievable. And uh, seeing some you know uh, videos on YouTube uh, about a year ago, I'd never seen. I think it was my daughter or something showed me, and it was uh, yeah, just the whole build up to that day and what happened. And the, you know, just to achieve that, so it was two years walk and and the, the winning the league here was a bonus. And in the fashion we done it, I think it was six one, was it mm -hmm. six one? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, to do it like that was like, it's just, I think everything just, I think that summed up that team that day when we played against Cheltenham because the football and the way the goals were scored and that was us to a tee, you know, we were a, we were a good team on our day. And, you and were know. you getting messages from the side saying, look, you know, we're top at the moment because it all happened very, very late? Yeah, I mean, I just always remember like bloody, I think a bomb might have gone out, out for a throw in kind of back up uh, near the, and I just remember saying to some fan, because obviously he's dipped near the dugout, I was like, what's the score, and oh yeah, we're up, and I was like, bloody ass, I the lads, <laughs> so yeah, I think the crowd then as well, the last five, ten minutes, it was, you know, to be involved in that was, as I say, you, you get everything, that was getting everything as a footballer, like, uh, experience that, like, everything changing by the minute, the last few minutes, and they say, you, you, you sometimes you win a league with five games to go, and, to go top of the league after 75, 80 minutes in the last day of the season for the first time all season was brilliant, you know, it was, uh, as I say, we timed the perfect. You never claimed to be the greatest goal scorer and nobody expected that, but you scored three goals. Do you ever regret that they were all away and you never scored at Fratton Park? Yeah, uh, well, I never really thought like that till you said it, but uh, I think people certainly remember one or two of them, you know, obviously the Accrington guy, the goal, I'd love to score that in the front <laughs> end, you know, and it was, uh, but you, you can't pick them, like, but, yeah, as I say, I, I think a big regret for me is I never got to play against Portsmouth after, I left Coventry after, uh, 
you know, I would have loved him to come back here as a white player and get stuck into everybody and <laughs> give it a bit to the crowd and, uh, you know, because I always laugh when ex-players score against their old teams. I, I think it means means so much to a player. Not like that you want to get one over on them, but especially for coming somewhere like here after, you know, I had a great relationship with, with everybody here. I love to play the, against Portsmouth as, a, you know, an ex-player. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the Accrington goal for a a, go a bloke that doesn't score goals, <laughs> that was some goal. <laughs> yeah, as I say, you don't get time to think in football and I just always remember the ball coming out and I thought I'm going to have a, have a go off this and uh, just caught it perfectly. Like, don't get me wrong, there's many times since that I've tried it again and it's gone out <laughs> the stadium. So, as I say, it's, uh, it, was, yeah, it, was, it was a great day in Accrington at the time, I probably won the top teams in the division. So that was a big game, funny enough. We won 3-1 that game, I mm -hmm. think. Uh, Remember the game well. We played well that night again, and uh, yeah, it was uh, that was as I say, it was a big game that for us at the time. Did you, you didn't you score a similar one for Coventry? I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I scored the, the halfway line, a Coventry kind of ball bounce and volleyed in, in off the post. But I always say that Portsmouth goal was the best goal. I scored a goal at uh, nuts, and they thought um, you couldn't have scored a better goal mm. than that. I said no. I said the goal I scored at Portsmouth was technique you know it was hard to it was hard to do so i always put that as probably my best goal you must have known that one at accrington was going in as soon as it left your foot well it was in before i knew it left i just you know you say you catch it that sweet like you know it gone that quick it happened so fast it was i was away yeah so did you leave at the right time was that the right moment i don't know it's it's a tough one you know leaving leaving here as i say it's uh <clears throat> a place that I was kind of, I just, I wish I'd have been here 10 years earlier, I really do, it's like such a special club and uh, I've done a podcast the other day, funny enough, with Sheffield United and the fans asked me at the end, oh, where's the best club you, you played and this and that and I says, well I can't give you the answer to that, but I said, what I will say is my biggest regret in football was I didn't get promoted to Sheffield United, but I think like the one club I could, I would love to have been here longer than I was and at my age, I think I was 36 when I came here, I was near, I was the mm. end of my career and it was just like, I'd have loved to come and settle down here sort of with my family and think, you know what I mean, like that would have been a beautiful place, I loved it and at that stage it was too hard to move the kids out of school but I'll never forget, I was only telling the story on the way down when I, I kind of left here and I went down to Coventry after the game, after we'd been promoted and we'd, I'd left and had a chat with the manager and that and I went down and met Coventry and I was like, you know, my wife and kids were up in Coventry and I was travelling all the time and it was hard for the, for the family but I always remember signing for Coventry and I'll never forget it because I signed so quick and it was like, it was getting, and then I'll just never forget, like I'm, I was signing the car, I, was, I remember saying to my wife for a good three, four weeks, I said, I made a mistake, I shouldn't have left, you know, and I loved, that's how much I loved it here, it was like, made a mistake and she was like, well, you're home, you know, and she loved it here but it was hard as a family, you know, mm. bringing up sort of two kids on your own, it was like, it was just, a, it kind of irked me that I'd, I'd kind of left. People say, you know, you left at the right time, but I, I didn't. I really think with that team we could have done something else, you know, and that's probably, don't get me wrong, things worked out great at Coventry from me going back, and I'd left, a, had a legacy there then after with getting promoted, but it, it's kind of, you know, it's a bit, it's it's not tainted, but it's just something that I'd love to be in here longer as a player, you know. Coventry. Leeds, Sheffield United, all big clubs. Where does Pompey come in that? Oh, top of, honestly, it's top of the, 
it's it's different things you know for me as an individual it's probably right up there and then obviously Coventry at Wembley the next year you can't write it you know it's a uh, to you know kind of my family's club my wife is Coventry fan our brother are massive Coventry fans and uh, to achieve that was amazing and I kind of hold both of them right up there it's the main so much to me I mean but Parchment was so much hard work and grit and determination from the fans and you know and it was a fan owned club so it was a special time like I I, I was thinking about this when I was asked to come down. I think I'm a very lucky man that I got to play for this club when I did because it, it was owned by the fans and it was a fan-run club and it was, you could feel it, you know, within the club. Everybody was with each other, everybody, you know, backed each other to the hilt and it came from the players, but it came from all the people like ourselves and Barry, Kev, all them people in the offices that it was, we were just as one, you know. It was a special time and I feel very lucky and privileged to play for the club when I did. Martin, we spoke to Michael Doyle and said to him he played for a lot of big clubs, as did you. Played for Birmingham, Sheffield United, Derby. So, where does your time at Pompey rank in amongst all that? Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, like I said before, you, every club I've got special memories. Every club you know, you've learned from the managers, and the, the two clubs where I say supporters-wise is Birmingham uh, and Pompey. You know, they're two clubs. Derby are good fan base, loyal, Sheffield United the same, Watford were slightly different, a family club, but the two big supportive clubs is like say is Birmingham and Pompey. You know, they're the two where uh, the fans are known for what they are, you know, they sing their hearts out and they get behind you. What was the factor that sort of attracted you to Bretton Park? Coming from Sanders. It was one of the clubs that like I say near me, you know, like uh, I'd been up north, I went from Bur from Chelsea to Birmingham. Went up to Sheffield, I went, you know, done the rounds there, and then all of a sudden I had a chance to come back down to nearer to my home. Uh, and I knew Bowley, I knew Blakey, I knew some people like, you know, one McGowan deal, I knew people like that. I played against Mickey, me and Mickey sort of hated each other, but like we had respect for each other. Um, and I just thought, no, I, thought, I just thought it was right to come down. So it was a bit of a club on a, on a bit of a downer, because they'd come down from the first division the previous season. Um, had a good start, but then it, it sort of stalled, didn't it? Yeah, it's a good place. I mean, Barry Orn was here, you know, like your deal was here, you had a good midfield. So I thought, Billy Gilbert, I, I respected Billy, I've known him for years, but I thought, like, coming down, I'll have a battle here with the boys to get in midfield. Uh, Bawley was a good as gold, he sold at me. Um, I'd had mixed experience at Watford, I was the first signing for Steve House, and someone went on, which I've never told her there. <laughs> and. Uh, so Baldy came in, I went, yeah, jumped it. You know, it was great. I knew, like I said, I knew some of the lads I spoke to them about the club. Uh, I knew the fan base. I just wanted to give it a go. And Pompey was where you played the most games and scored the most goals. Yeah, yeah I enjoyed it. I, when I first came here, it was, like I said, I trust myself. <laughs> Dill used to call me his uh, fetch and carry boy from mm -hmm. Birmingham days because I was a scholar there when Dill was there. Um, and like, uh, I played with Dill and actually took his sort of place. I played with him. And took, uh, I, me and Barry got on well, knew each other. Sort of hit a little thing, but I didn't start the season well. It was like, I was a little bit like I wanted to stamp my authority on the pitch, but like I sort of took a back step. Um, but the players were good enough. Quinny was here, goal scoring, yeah, and, and the training was good. Bawley was different class, and the training was good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. So, did you ever feel in your time here that they underachieved in that they, they didn't move on again? I think I had two changes. I think when I first came in, there was one change happening with the team. Uh, players going, players coming in. 
And I think the second change when I left, I think like Jim had a younger team coming through with good potential, you know, Darren Hand and Kit Symes offs. Um, I just I thought well, we 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 started one season we done really well. And I think mid season we were near the top half of the league doing really well. And they, Mr Gregory and took us to Midhurst and we had like a a meal and this and other and we hit the dive. We just hit a dive. We couldn't get a win for the love of money. We couldn't get a win. And I think eventually like uh, the manager lost his job. Someone else came in, but. We, we was up and down, it was up and down, we just couldn't get a consistent run, you know. I mean, Alan Ball went, John Gregory came in, then he went, Frank Perros came in, and then you had Tony Barton for a bit, and right. Jim Smith. Right. Um, who was the best manager out of that lot? Jim? I'd say Jimbo because like what he was, you know, like, and I've known him before, but I mean, you're talking, Gregors was on the start of his sort of managerial career, him and Wixie. Um, Tony Barton was... I knew Tony was experienced and calm. Frank Burrows was, Frank was very underestimated. Very good man manager of players, but very under, underestimated. And Bawley was Bawley. Bawley was larger than life. You know, spoke to his dad about picking the team and all the stories. And uh, he was lively. He, wanted, he knew he wanted the team to play. He wanted the spirit. But Jimbo was like, you know, I think it's a bit disrespectful for me as though he was the best. I think, like, I learnt off all of them, you know. And like I said, but Jimbo was a character. John Gregory. <laughs> Gregor's... Uh, was coming into it. Gregor's was, best thing for Gregor's was his wolf whistle. Yeah, he'd be whistling. You think, who the hell's he whistling to? Like, uh, and Gregor's was learning. Gregor's had a way of, he's quite sophisticated in the way he was and the way he carried himself. And I think he wanted to get things over on a pitch what could happen. He had a group of players who were honest, but he wanted a little bit more quality out of players, you know, which is nothing wrong with that. Um, but yeah, Gregor's tried. He, I think he just, he, he failed a bit by trying, you know. Some great footage somewhere of you scoring a delicious free kick against Manchester United. I've got that. <laughs> <laughs> was there ever a regret that the Fratton end was just shortened down to one tier and like, people standing there? It, in fact, it wasn't even half its size. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did, you know, imagine if you'd scored that goal in front of the full Fratton end as it is now. Well, I'm a Man U fan, so it was a great goal for me. I mean, you're thinking, <laughs> oh, right, you know. Um, but, like, uh, no, I think... It took away a bit of the atmosphere, yeah. I mean, it's a place where it's one. Of, there's not many clubs now like where the fans are there right on top of you and you, it can work for you, but it can also work against you where certain players are not having a good game. They don't want to actually be out there. But I think with the uh, Fratton in, I come here when it first got put up and you know, I've got the lad coming tomorrow because the fact that when they're singing, it's brilliant, you know what I mean? Mm. It's, it's great to watch and you, I see people I've bought it before and they just start watching the end, don't watch the game and start watching what's going on. But I think for Pompey, it's a great... Great atmosphere and a great like credit to. Them. And there were some big games. There was Tottenham in the FA Cup. What do you remember about that? Uh, the Tottenham game Gaza played, and I think everyone thought I was going to do a job on Gaza. <laughs> uh, I think it was in the papers. It was done this and another. And Frank just wanted me to play. Uh, and I played with Warren Aspel in midfield. And when Gaza scored, I'm screaming at Aspel because he's pulled off his shoulder. And I'm screaming, and Aspel being an attacking sort of player, I didn't see him. I think Gaza scored, but I think the biggest thing was that uh, we felt a bit disappointed that game you know, we thought we could have done a little bit better but I just think that everyone thought I was going to do a man marking but Frank didn't want it he wanted us to express ourselves and play and wouldn't be going the other way but it's one of those where I just thought I'd love to I played against Gascon before at Newcastle and uh, it's one of those I'm not blaming me on Trump but I thought he was the sort of player that I like playing against you, know, you could go the other way but you could do a job on him You alluded to Jim Smith bringing in the likes of Andy Orford and Kit Simmons did you notice a a sea change from that because it it was a relatively successful season, wasn't it? Yeah, he, I mean, 
they had to earn the right. When they first come in, there were kids coming through, and you sort of look. And as I say nowadays, you earn your right. You know, if you if if you're not playing that well, and your kid come in, the players, the first team's concerning you. But fair play to them. He brought a few in at once, so they knew each other. So I think it made it more comfy for them to like come into the first team squad. And then when they got in, fair play to them, they performed. So like straight away, you're thinking, right, they're part of the team now, and then you welcome them in. It wasn't like we were bringing a kid in and look after him. He, they were earning their stripes on the pitch, and like I said, and went on to do better. But I think then. Uh, like I said I didn't want to leave I was comfy I got comfy and the thing I didn't want to be is I meant to say a minute ago is I didn't want to be comfy and let the game drop and I just thought a challenge would be there and like, so I spoke to Jimbo and he, he was on about the money and could use the money and I just thought like, it's time to go but it's a team what I'd like to have played in as well you know I watched them when they got in the playoffs at Knott's Forest I went up was at Derby and watched the game you know and I, said, I think it was one each or I'm not sure mm. I can't remember and like uh, I went there you know I thought come on let's see what you do and then I was impressed, you know, Cyril played well, Burns, he was still there, the lads I knew was there, and it was like, a, you know, in a way I thought I wouldn't mind a stayed a little bit more, but I had another challenge in front of me. At that start of that season, though, could you ever foresee that you'd be in the last four of the FA Cup? No, no, I, I think you, it went, when we played, I think it was Forest here, and I think people thought that's our end, you know, like, and uh, we won one nil. the corner drops, Macca, I think, I think it was Macca or Guy yeah. stuck in the net. Macca. And like, uh, I remember PSC and I'd, I'd had my run-ins with PSC when I was at Derby, uh, sorry, before that. And like, uh, I just thought like when we, we sort of believed, I think we were in Middlesbrough, I can't remember if it was Forest before, Middlesbrough after that and went on and then all of a sudden like you get the semis and when you get there you just think, give it a go, you know what I mean? And as I said before, we wanted Liverpool, you know, if we want a semi-final, you might as well go up against them, you know, other people, why did it take some, we wanted Liverpool, we wanted the big game and we were the big game, you know, and we took them to a replay, it's fantastic. Would you have beaten Sunderland in the final, do you think? Yeah, yeah, I'd have beaten them. <laughs> like, uh, they were in our league, you know, we've both done well to get there. It was a little bit of disappointment they got before, you know, uh, there without us getting there. But we looked at the game and we just thought, you know, we, I think we played them that year and we just thought, yeah, we'd have fancied our chances. But ending the days, we had some good chances against Liverpool, you know what I mean? Uh, they probably had fair possession, like, amount of possession, but. We had some bloody good chances, you know what I mean? Some clear-cut chances. I mean, the last one, the second semi-final, I think it was, was it Bawley or Burnsy at the bar, and it was easy to score, you know what I mean? And, like, we give it a go, we give it a go. The fact you would have felt so gutted at the end of those two games is must be some sort of surprise to you. I think Jimbo done well after the first game, because I think he could see the disappointment how near we were to getting there with the free kick and the manner of the free kick and things like that and the way they scored and they followed him, we didn't. Uh, and I think he... Th- he done well to get us going again. I also think he done well to keep us level-headed, building up to it again. You know, because it's easy to think well, we've had one semi, we've done all right. He kept us level-headed. We we went to Tranmere. It was difficult. Like we played there, um, I felt great in that game. I did. I actually felt absolutely unbelievable. Like, you know, just don't know if it was still going on from the game. Mm. But then the build-up to the next game, he kept us level. We went. We done exactly the same routine again, and it was one of those. Give it a go. You know, we, 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 we've drawn. There is a possibility that we could get to the final. You know. Arguably, the scorer at Highbury, Ronnie Whelan, should have been sent off for a tackle on Mark Chamberlain. As I said before, I think it was worked out. I think they took Chamberlain out. He was a big threat. He was an England player. They knew about him. They knew he could cause problems. And Chamberlain was in good, good vein of form at the time as well. He could glide past people, you know. And they took him out. I just to this day, I said he took him out. And then we still got on with it. You know, we give him a game, and you know, the man done his job. So say they left. If you're going to get booked and get booked by taking someone out and make sure he don't get up again, that's the way it used to be, you know. The free kick right at the end must have been very, very hard to take at Highbury. Yeah, as I said earlier, you know, that I think they were getting a little bit desperate. I think we were 
tired and we were defending you know, on our last legs and we're thinking like, you know, keep going and then all of a sudden I just remembered I think Nickel just run through the middle. You know, fair play team, he took a chance, went through the middle of bull bulldozing. We're screaming at horse, just stand your feet and horse has come out, just wiped him out, you know, yeah. he just moved the ball and got free kick and you know, in at the time we sort of he won't have a go at him, like we told you to stand your feet, but he's a young lad playing, it's a bit great experience. He just he, he thought I think he thought he'd get the ball, but the free kick was a disappointment was we never followed him. You know. Talk about the game against Nottingham Forest, but for most people that I speak to and, and for me too, the standout game was the four two win at Middlesbrough. Yeah. And you know, that that was superb, wasn't it? I play I I say I was carrying a, a hernia. I played for the season with a hernia. Um and they weren't sure if I was going to play, and I had a fitness test, and I was okay. And I think Brian Robson played. I can't remember if Robbo played from at their place. I can't remember. I've got to get the games right. But I remember if it was Robbo, I did get accused of not kicking him because I was a Man U fan. But like, uh, I just thought we uh, we just turned up and gave it a go. It's a night game. I think sometimes in night games you find a different level of fitness. I don't know what it is. I don't know why. But we just found uh, we struck at the right time. We scored goals at the right time. And I think there was no way. Once we got in the lead, there was no way we were giving up on it. And there's an interesting story about Jim Smith on the way back. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a character, isn't he? You know, Paddo was the chalk and cheese Paddo and him. Mm -hmm. But Jimbo, I think, uh, I think he, you know, he's a manager who, like, when you won and done well, he enjoyed himself. You know what I mean? And I think that night he enjoyed himself. And you also had Jim Sloan on there <laughs> as well. Mr. Sloan, bless him, <laughs> bless him. Yeah, I mean, Sloan was a character. You know what I mean? Like, he's a pompy character. Um, he was there for the lads. He was great entertainment. He was great ambassador for the club. Sometimes he could go near the limits, but like I said, Mr. Sloan was Mr. Sloan. There's only one Mr. Sloan. <laughs> the season, the, the Walsh and Whittingham season, you only played four games and uh, it, it was quite clear that you were sort of surplus to requirements. How hard was that? Um, <clears throat> like I say, it, it just came into like, I'd heard rumours I was going. Uh, I'd heard rumours of clubs interested, whether it was from the FA Cup run or what. Uh, I had people ringing me up. Uh, you just want to concentrate on the on your league form and get going. And I think it's hard for a manager as well because then if you're going to lose a player, you're playing. What do you do? You know, do you upset the club? What do you do? Upset the team? Uh, and he just kept me informed. He just kept speaking to me like fair play the way he done it. Uh, and as I said, you know, I didn't want to go, uh, and it was either one way of getting going or squashing it and getting on with the club. Mm. Um, and I just thought, like, they got money, got a decent amount for us, and then I also thought there's some good young kids coming through as well. And you went on to have a good career at Derby after that? Yeah, it was stop and start there. You know I mean, like, the, we, we had unbelievable season playing football-wise. We just didn't kill teams off, and, you know, we had some explosive front players, and it was a new team put together. Craig Short was a million-pound centre-half, and, uh, you know, we got the, uh, I think it was a, um, uh, the, the old uh, Anglo-Italian Cup final and things like that, and, we just couldn't get, we got knocked out in the playoffs and we just couldn't get there uh, by Leicester at Wembley. And we just couldn't get there. We just couldn't get over the line. You know, if we'd got there, we'd, it, who knows where we'd gone because those players all went to big clubs. But Arthur put a team together, uh, a lot of money gone into it in the, in the championship. Just couldn't get over the final line. And then like I said, Roy come in <clears throat> and it's, I, it just wasn't right. Me and Roy just, I've never argued with managers, but there was... That was Roy McFarlane. Yeah, it just wasn't, yeah. something wasn't right. You know, there was just something I didn't like the way things were going, and I just I went to Bristol City. Joe Jordan come in, I went, yeah, I'm off. Yeah. When you look back at your time at Pompey, how fondly do you remember it? You love it. I mean, like I'm a Man U fan, I'm a football person. Like I said, 
I've come to I, I, this. If I went through the clubs, I love Birmingham City. I love the chance to give me a chance from Chelsea. I love the fans. It was like being part of the fans. And when you went out, it was like being part of the fans. And Pompey's the same. Like you, when you do well, you're part of the fans. Birmingham exactly the same. If you do wrong, they tell you. You know, it's, it, it's born into them. The football fans. They tell you the truth. They give you the right, the hard way. Sometimes they can cane you. I've seen people get broken. Like they can't handle it. And Pompey's the same. Like you know, you come here. The fans are what they are. They play. They breed for football. They love their football. And they want you to do well. And if you give it a go, both sets of supporters will love you. You know, like you might be the best player, but if you if you if you can bring something to the club and make it exciting, it's fantastic. And the area, I love the area. I, mean, I love being around here. It was great. You know, I'm not far from here. I've travelled down, but it's a special time and a special place for me. Same with Burn. And to be truthful, all the clubs have had a great time. You know?